0: Hey, it's 11:40. The Bet Odyssey Sports, and wherever you're getting your podcast, watching us on YouTube, thebetlasvegas.com. As we preview the Raiders versus the Patriots, joining us now, friend of the station. You can hear him on the station every Sunday. Uh, NFL national writer for Bleacher Report covers the Raiders for Sports Now, and of course, co-host of the Odyssey Original Podcast, Silver and Black. Today, I was going to ask you some Christmas questions, <laughs> but but we're short on time, so let's get straight. <laughs> (laughs) Into the football. Um, I tweeted this out on Thursday night after the game against the Rams. In all caps, Josh McDaniels lost to an ESPN analyst and a progressive insurance agent in the same season. Mo, your thoughts.
1: I'd say that's pretty much accurate. Uh, And I would say the fans would would, would say that's accurate with you with some anger. Um, There's a lot of anger with their Raider Nation right now based on the losses that the Raiders have piled up. Not only blowing 13-plus point leads four times this season already. But as you said, losing to an ESPN analyst, I wouldn't go progressive and (laughs) shit.
0: Well, no, listen, I have sources. Of course, I'm born and raised in Cleveland. Obviously, Baker was with the Browns. I have sources that when the Rams called Baker Mayfield, he was actually in a meeting learning some of the progressive just, you know what I'm saying? When you get hired, Ah, the new hire meetings, they called him out of that. He left and said, I'll go to L.A. to play in this football game and we'll see what happens. So I can confirm that that tweet at the time was very true. true. And you bring up Raider Nation being mad like after Thursday night. We've had some time to think of it. We we got to watch other professional football teams that can win football on Sunday. Like, <laughs> what else are they supposed to feel after Thursday except being very very pissed off? I, I was going to tell you that time has passed.
1: I've watched other games of course that I cover the entire league, and I'm even as a writer who covers the Raiders, I'm still kind of frustrated with that loss because there's no way you get a guy who just. Doesn't probably doesn't even know his teammates or his teammates by first name basis yet. and He goes out there and leads two scoring drives to beat you, beat you within three and a half minutes and get the W. It, it's just, it's to me, it's insane. It's inexcusable on, on multiple levels. I know a lot of people want to blame Derek Carr. They want to blame the defense. They oh, we'll get to that. him
0: here in a second.
1: But there there is enough blame to go around where We could just sit around in a circle and just point guys out like this is partially your fault, this is partially your fault, this is partially your fault, this is partially your fault. So enough blame to go around there.
0: I want to get your perspective. Not only we talked about my tweet, but on Monday, uh, Peter King came out with his you know Monday morning, Monday morning quarterback article, and uh, here's a paragraph I'm going to read to you about the Raiders. Um, Derek Carr quarterback Las Vegas for his mind boggling horrible throw at the end of the first half of the Raiders 17 to 16 loss to the Rams Thursday night with 56 seconds left in the second quarter and the Raiders up 13 to three Vegas had a third and five at the Rams 10 yard line An incompletion here and the Raiders go into halftime up 16 to 13 a completion and a touchdown in the final minute and the Rams go into halftime the Raiders go into halftime up 20 to three instead Carr threw an incomprehensible pop fly with four Rams and one Raider anywhere near the ball. It is one of the worst throws I've ever seen in a situation like that. Is he right or wrong?
1: He's right. Uh, but there's there is something there's something that he's leaving out that the guard did get pushed into car. That was the excuse a lot of fans had. I'm not excusing Carr for that, by the way, but you have to put that in there that. The throw was altered by the guard being pushed into his lap, and that's why the, the pass came out wobbly. He didn't throw with that velocity purposely. There was, there was some pocket pressure. He got hit. The ball was deflected, whatever, and this is how you get an awful interception in the red zone. What I will also say, though, is that Carr doesn't deserve a pass for his red zone issues because he's had red zone, red zone issues for his entire career. Uh, the stat came out after that game that Carr has thrown 14 red zone interceptions since he's entered league in 2014, which is the most of any player. He's tied with Ryan Tannehill, Phillip Rivers, and Ryan Fitzpatrick and red zone interceptions since 2014. So even if you want to give Carr a pass for the guard being pushed into his lap last Thursday, you cannot excuse nine years of bad, of questionable decision-making, questionable passes, Inside the opponent's 20-yard line. So Carr does not get a pass for that.
0: Does he get a pass for being outplayed by Baker Mayfield? No. Oh, no.
1: Not, not when you have Devontae Adams. I understand Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro on injured reserve. Hopefully they come back soon. But you have Devontae Adams. And that was my other gripe. Right after the game, I went on with Scott Branson and Murph uh, on Silver and Black today. And we talked about how does Devontae Adams finish a game? with seven targets when your offense didn't look good after the first drive. No way that could happen. He had two or three catches of 30 plus, 32 plus yards. So it wasn't like Jalen Ramsey was locking him down. And he had some success. So when you see your offense stalling after that first drive, you get back to Devonta Adams. That's why he's there. That's why you acquired him for the Green Bay Packers and gave him a big money extension. They didn't do that. And there's enough blame to go to the coaches as well to the
0: players. And another reason why he doesn't get a pass, he at least knows the names of the dudes that he's (laughs) throwing the football to. I don't think Baker Mayfield could say the same when he talks about the second, third string tight end, fourth, fifth wide receiver with all the injuries the Rams have been dealing with. Um, And let's not just, you know, throw this on Derek Carr, which has kind of been the theme so far, um, which he deserves some, some shade. And so do a lot of people. On the flip side, pressing on the last play of the game, That game winning touchdown with no help over the top. Am I tripping when I say, and honest, basing this off not only that moment in that game, but this entire season? How was that not a fireball offense when you're a defensive coordinator or whoever made that play call?
1: Now, some people will argue and say, DeRon Harmon was supposed to be the safety over the top, but he got caught looking in the backfield, so he took himself out of the play. My gripe is, you know, you you have an undrafted rookie cornerback and Sam Webb on the outside. Before the before you go out for the play, you need to be as a defensive coordinator. You need to be screaming to your players: Do not let this guy get a one on one with Webb. We need help over the top. Whatever happens, do not don't let, let them score. <laughs> don't let the wide receiver get behind you. That that is the number one rule when you. When you see a team driving and they're trying to drive to get the game-winning score, the, the last thing you want to do is give up the big play. Keep everything in front of you. And the discipline is just not there. And, and I don't want to go off on a tangent because I know we're short on time, but...
0: Go for we it. Often, You're good. We,
1: we often talked about how this team is supposed to be so disciplined under Josh McDaniels. He's coming from New England. He's coming from, Mr., from Bill Belichick, Mr. Do-Your-Job guy. And the Raiders continuously, in their losses especially, in their collapses, don't do their job. And in that Rams loss, the job was to keep the play in front of them. The one thing you cannot do, as I said, is let the wide receiver behind you. They let it happen, they lose the game. There's more fault, there's more blame, more fault to go around, as I said.
0: And also, it also has to come to something has to be said for the scheme of why your players even thinking about who's in the backfield when this team has no timeouts there's less than 15 seconds left in the game. So there's not that many options other than them having to score a touchdown. So, and I will, and I will be fair in this point that you can call whatever happens on the field. That doesn't necessarily mean that's going to happen, but to not have not one dude over the top on either side of the field, it, it it's, it's ridiculous. And these next two questions, the key word of both of these questions I'm about to ask you are waste. So, when it comes to these career years that we're getting um, from Max Crosby, from Josh Jacobs, it might not be a career year for Devontae Adams, but Devontae Adams is one of the best wide receivers in the league, and he's proven that this year. When it comes to those three, which one of those in particular hurts the most that is basically being wasted this season with this team's performance?
1: I would say Josh Jacobs
0: because I,
1: I, I expect Devontae Adams to be good for a long time. I expect Max Crosby to be good for a while. He's in his prime. And that's not to say Josh Jacobs isn't in his prime, but as we all know, a running back can go from 1,300 rushing yards and being the leader of the league, as Josh Jacobs is right now, to getting hurt and then averaging 3.7 yards per carry because you have a bad offensive line, which the Raiders do have a shaky offensive line. So for him to have the year that he's having, the Raiders should be in the playoff mix. They found the winning formula, which was feed Josh Jacobs uh, about a month ago, you know, after that Jacksonville Jaguars loss, it's kind of like, OK, we're going to we're going to give Josh Jacobs the, the football and that's how we're going to win games. Now, the fact that he's he's had his best season. And as we know, as I said, the running back position is very fickle. It, it could be a revolving door. One year you're at the top of the league. The next minute you're hurt. And they're wondering, we need it. We need another running back. We need a, a, a dynamic duo now because our guy has been dealing with injuries. As we know, Josh Jacobs has dealt with injuries. So with him and his history of injuries, minor injuries, Seeing him perform at this level, but then the Raiders being so far away from the playoff picture just it really hurts for, for him because now it remember his future is uncertain. Uh I I would think that the Raiders would approach him by a new contract deal, but we never know because if he wants 15-16 million, the Raiders may have to move off of him. And again, to waste his best season on a non-playoff
0: year, it sucks, man. And our final two questions. Um, Raiders currently now. With Arizona's loss, I believe they're either the eighth or the ninth spot in the draft. What's your plan moving forward this season?
1: Oh man, that you put me on the spot there. Um, well, this is this is my proposed plan, right? Being that Derek Carr has some control over his future, he has a no trade clause in his contract. He has say so, so I can't just deal him. I can't just say, well, I'm sending Carr to to Green Bay, or I'm sending Carr to the Colts. He has to stamp his approval on it. So my plan would be if he says, No, I'm I'm not waiving my no trade clause. I'm gonna retire a Raider. Either I play for the Raiders or I retire, then I say, Okay, we're drafting a quarterback in the first round. And I think even if I were okay with Derek Carr, I would still, regardless of what happens, I'm drafting a quarterback in the first three rounds. You're Why? Spicy. Because I don't think Derek Carr is going to be around five plus years. So you have to start thinking about the succession plan after him, because I don't see a Derek Carr pulling a Tom Brady and saying, you know what? Screw my marriage and everything else with it. I'm going to play until I'm 46 years old. I don't think that's Derek Carr. He's a family man. He's a man of, of Christ. And, and, and if you are into that, you know, that taking care of your family is number one. So he's not doing that. He's not taking the Tom Brady route. Okay. So you need, a succession plan. I'm drafting the quarterback and the rest of it going with the defense and offensive line.
0: We don't even have time to not only get into your passion <laughs> for Christmas or the Tom Brady rumors. Uh, real quick, less than 30 seconds, of prediction for the Sunday against the Patriots, the reunion for McDaniels and Belichick.
1: I want to say the Raiders are gonna win the game, but I said that they would they would dominate the Rams. And I look correct for you know a good three and a half, three and three and three quarters. Didn't happen. I say the Patriots win. If you saw what the Patriots did to the Cardinals, makeshift offensive line Monday night, Matt Judon and Josh Uche, those guys are headhunting out there. Bill Belichick obviously knows Josh McDaniels. I think the Patriots have some advantages there in the trenches and in coaching because I question a lot of Josh McDaniels' tendencies, especially when the Raiders are up. So even the Raiders get a lead. I'm not saying anything until the clock strikes zero because we just saw what happened last week. But I, I give the edge to the Patriots on this one,
0: Momo, Mo, and it was quick, sweet, and straight to the point as always. We appreciate you. That's Momo Mo, and National NFL writer for Bleacher Report, covers the Raiders for Sports Not, and of course co-host of the Odyssey Original Podcast, Silver and Black. Today, Mof. we don't see you before the 25th. Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and we'll talk to you soon. Okay. Same to you, my man. Appreciate you having me on.